Hey, hi, uh, I am Richard Donner, but you can call me Dick, and you're listening to Superman Movie Minute? Is that right? Did I do it right? to another exciting episode of Superman 2 Movie Minute, the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can flies his 1980s Superman 2 five minutes at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts, Rob Kelly, and joining me as always on this journey through time and space is... Chris Franklin. Hey, Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Rob? I'm doing great. I'm really super animated, partly because we have another very special guest, our pal Dan Greenfield. Hi, Dan. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. And the other reason is this is like we, we've been talking, you know, we've done like 18 of these episodes. And so far, I, up until the last one we did with Michael Bailey, we've been waiting for these moments. But now we're here. Now we're getting yes. giant superhero fights in the sky. So I am just yes. super jazzed to be talking about this stuff. I'm very, very, uh, I, I have been waiting for this. I've been waiting and waiting. This was, you know, when you first put out your call for the, for the uh, um, you know, for who wanted to do what sequences? Of course, me and probably everybody else wanted to do the, you know, general. Would you yes. like to step outside? And I figured, <laughs> well, if I couldn't have that because you had to give it to Bailey, I figured, all right, I get it. If it were the Batman '66 movie minute, I would hope you would give me the top <laughs> spot. But I, but I totally understand what happened there. But at least I got to do this, and I figured this is the next best thing. Is that now at least we get to have the big blow. Absolutely. So, so I what's mean, that minute in Batman '66? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not the date with Miss Kitka. I'll, I'll okay. tell you that. It's not okay. that scene. Probably the fight on the submarine would probably be it. There you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I, I assumed it was the cameo by Lyndon Johnson. They've done it. They've done it. I assumed it was that. Right. right with the beagle. Yeah, with the beagle. Van Williams. Is, is yeah, Van Williams. Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. So uh, as excited as I am to get to these moments, I mean, Dan, this is your, your, your guest spot on Superman 2 for this season. So we've been asking everybody, like, what was your memory of seeing this movie for the first time? I assume you saw it in the theater when it came out. Not only did I see it in the theater, it was a special occasion. It was the day that I graduated middle school. Whoa. And, and my mom said, what do you want for graduation? And I said, I want to go see Superman 2 the night that it opens. I want, if they have a program, I want to buy a program. Dinner, I don't, re- I mean, we'll go to dinner. I don't really care where, but... That's what I want more than anything in the world is to see it on the first night. She said, okay. So we went to go into the uh, now defunct Amboy Cinemas in, I think, Sayreville, New Jersey. I think that's where it was located. Um, it, uh, the building is still there. And every time I pass it, when I pass through New Jersey every once in a blue moon, I still pass it. And, and to me, it still says Superman 2. Uh, and that was it. I got to see it on the, on the night it opened in the theater, and it was magical. Oh, I bet it was. Good Lord. I mean, that's like, that. what a, what a perfect way to commemorate a, a long, hard slog through middle school than to go see Superman 2. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it really was. It was just, this was, it, it was all I wanted, you know? What did your mom think? Did she enjoy it or did she just sort of oh, like, yeah. just happy to take you? 
Oh, she was happy to take me, but she enjoyed it too. I mean, this was, I mean, she knew I liked it. She, she liked the first movie. She, she, first off, she loved Christopher Reeve. She <laughs> seems to be a theme was, here on know, the show. Yeah. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, yeah. She she really liked him, and and she thought she loved the first movie. She thought that it was really charming, and she was, you know, she, you know, like it, like you know, most probably moms and dads of that generation took us kids to go see these movies and figured, oh, I'll take the kids to the movies. But since they were made for adults too, they really got a lot out of it, and my mom really enjoyed it. Oh, that's great. That's uh, yeah, that's wonderful. That's that's just really great. You're my again. Yeah, I think a a great memory. I think a lot of moms enjoyed the Superman movies for very different reasons than they than their sons did but uh, that's maybe a <laughs> yes. topic for yeah. a special episode or something like that so well all right fantastic so uh, <laughs> uh the minutes we're here to talk about are minutes 95 through 100 they open with superman being chased by non and ursa through the skies of metropolis and they close with a daily plan uh, a metropolis citizen worrying about the damage to her car so uh, <laughs> this one again this is opens with the first of the ursa taunts where uh, we have this great shot of Christopher Reeve flying through Metropolis, and he gets uh, we see Non behind him, and then we hear Sarah Douglas do the wonderful Superman, which is just yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. really wonderful. And you know, we Chris yeah, and I, great. Chris and I talked about this on the uh, the previous episode with Mike Bailey, and that you know I think maybe to modernize these fights are are a little on the stiff side, obviously because they just mm-hmm. they don't have the freedom of movement that a computer generated right. effects. Uh, gives you, I mean, uh, you know, good lord, in Avengers Endgame, what did we see? Like a thousand people fighting back and forth? Right. But you have to remember, it's like all of this was done with, with real human beings on wires where they're practically mm-hmm. just slamming them into each other. And so when you, when, you walk, when you watch it again, you're like, well, this thing works so much better than it has any right to, considering this was all done live, in camera, with, with your actors that are being dangled from, the, from gibbets. Uh, across uh, the, the the stage set, it's unbelievable, and so we get a good shot of a non gets a good shot of uh, on Superman where he decks him and sends him flying into a building, and it's just a really wonderful little moment. Yeah, it, it, you get it, you do take it for granted too because when you're watching it, you can see the seams. You know, you, you definitely by today's standards, you can see how it was constructed, and and it's and you can't help it. You know, given everything that's happened over the last nearly 40 years with this, you know, since this movie was released, that you know, with the advances in the technology, but that's also part of its charm. And like you say, when you realize what it took to uh, to to actually stage this battle, especially when you when you consider really, it had been a movie and a half really where we were waiting for something like this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just that we were waiting through Superman two. The big Everything that we did in Superman 1, which was, of course, you know, my, to me, still the greatest superhero movie of all time. But even then, Superman never really gets to cut loose in battle. He's rescuing things and he's showing everything that he can do. And it's fantastic. And all of the feats at the end with California, all that, that's all great. But you never really see him in a big blowout battle because there was no one. He, he wasn't going to punch out Lex Luthor. There was no point to that. Oh, if only. So finally, oh, if only, <laughs> right. So, you, you know, they, they've been really kind of, you know, if you really want to see a big blowout, you've basically waited a, a movie and a half for it to happen. And frankly, you get the payoff. It's a great fight scene. It's not perfect. It's not perfect even by the standards of the time. I mean, you remember at the time thinking, I wish it was a little less campy. You know, I wish that they played it a little bit more straight. 
but I get you know that's also Richard Lester's thing, and you know you can kind of feel where he had his fingerprints on this scene versus what might have been shot under 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 uh, uh, Richard Donner. And I know you don't want to go back and forth over all of that, so you can sort of feel some of the camp in there. But by and large, you get a really great kick-ass fight scene here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, yeah, I, I I I do think though one thing that this. This, because of the technology of the time and because of the practical effects, you can follow the fight. Because yes. that's, that's one complaint about a lot of these modern movies is, you know, what's going on? I mean, some of these, some of these movies, it's like it's just a blur of motion oh, yeah, and yeah. CGI puppets, you know, rubber puppets smacking each other, you know. So, uh, it, it, you know, and you can't even follow it. But here... I mean, you know exactly. You know, it, it, there's enough. There's enough breathing room between each blow that, that that we all remember each blow. We remember, you know, the punch from Nan that knocks him into the across the sky into the building, and then he flies away. You know, flies back toward him, and so, right. so we, we remember all that. So it's it, 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 in a way, even though it is a little by today's standards, a little slow. It's very memorable in that regard. <laughs> but it, it's, it's also the same. I mean, you can equate it in two other cases. A lot of people like to make fun of the scene in, in Star Wars, the movie that I still call Star Wars, the, 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 the lightsaber fight between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader that everybody says now is impossibly slow when you see what, you know, what, what has been done with, with lightsaber battles ever since. But it still is dramatic. It's still, you can, you get the tension of the scene because of the way that they're moving. And also, the flip side to this, and, I, and again, I know that you don't want to go into this, down this road, but you can't help but compare this scene with the big battle in Man of Steel, which was horrifying in its destructiveness, whereas this, as you addressed in the last episode with, well, your, your last episode, um, where you talked about, yeah, it's violence, but it's, kind of fun violence for lack of a better term where they're kind of crashing into things and bashing things and yes it's dangerous but it's manageable dangerous in a way that is weirdly accessible if that makes any sense yeah it's like disaster right. film dangerous which is yeah it, there was always a body yeah. count but it wasn't mass destruction on a you know hor- horrific scale like you see now right. you know so yeah i can understand that the the destruction wasn't the point the, yes. uh, you know, and that's that's what we run into with with Man of Steel is like the utter destruction between the two characters that the two characters cause is actually the whole point of that fight. Right. And I mean, and, it, yeah. <laughs> and and also they're they're seeming even Superman's and again I don't want to go off point here, but disregard for 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 life and property. Whereas in this one, the whole point is Superman's regard for life and property. Well, at least life compared to the others. And of mm-hmm. course, that's what we're leading up to here. Um, but I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because we'll get to that part of the scene. But, <laughs> yeah. but, 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 but getting into that, you know, seeing them mix it up is a lot of fun. And it is dangerous, but it is, it, it, frankly, it's comic book danger in the best way. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Rob. I, but before we move on, I just want to ask this. What is Luene's angle 
I mean, the the lady that's next to Lois, the big one's just as strong as Superman, and she's happy <laughs> about it. Do well, you want this these people to like destroy your city and take over the world? What is wrong with you, woman? She likes well, she likes well, bad boys. I don't know what to that's tell exactly you. what I was going to say. That was exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. She likes the bad boys. What are you going to do? I mean, you know, that's what happens. She's, okay, I guess. I mean, there's a reason that there's a reason that Joker made half a billion dollars worldwide. Is that you know people do like the villains sometimes. That's true. (laughs) Louine is back in her office going, I can change him. You know, it's like, okay, all right. Smart smart women, foolish choices. Uh, Right right before that moment, though, I do want to ask something in just sort of more of a uh, holistic Superman point. Now, we always assume, we've heard from many years of comic books, that Superman is invulnerable. Right, he's yeah. invulnerable. But in this scene, that's obviously not true because he right. he clearly not only does he feel the impact of non hitting him, it does hurt him. Christopher Reeve doesn't play it like he's simply been knocked off his pins. It actually he looks like he's been hurt. So Superman isn't so much invulnerable to everything as he is invulnerable to what most things can do to him and what most things would do to a normal person. But he's not. He's not he, – he can feel pain because obviously Christopher Reeve plays it as that really hurt, that, that shot that Nan got in on him. Yeah, and, and it actually is the, the, the case for, for all of them that happens with Nan. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't really, I don't think, ever throw a punch at Ursa. But he does throw, you know, obviously with Zod and with, with Nan. I mean they, they, they mix it up. But they all feel pain in one way or the other. Um, and again, we'll get to, to – more the specifics as we play the scene out here. But I think that that is the whole point is that if anything is going to be able to hurt Superman, it's going to be other Kryptonians right. because they're on the same level. So I think that's the message there. But what's also interesting to watch as the scene plays itself out is sort of the sliding scale of their powers and the amount of pain that they feel and how they sometimes work and how sometimes they don't. Um, for example, just jumping ahead slightly when, well, when we get to the Empire State Building scene, I've got something to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. Proceed, yeah. Dan, Dan, the Empire State Building is in New York, not Metropolis. Come on. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm about? sorry. That's right. The, I'm sorry, the Metropolis <laughs> State Building. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but, yeah. But to answer that, <laughs> to, to answer that question, Rob, I, I think the way I always took it was Superman is like his invulnerability is like nothing on earth really can can hurt right, him like like, right. like the most normal things on earth it's 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 like it's like a an infant like like punching an adult that's not gonna hurt you know that, that's basically <laughs> what it amounts right. to i mean unless they hit you and just right which they can but 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 uh, <laughs> but, but uh you know, especially when they get to be a toddler but but you know with two kryptonians or anything from krypton i mean you know they even that even came up on the super friends like it must be made out of krypton steel or something right. you know mm-hmm. that type of thing it's like if it's from krypton it's strong enough to hurt superman and that includes humanoids from krypton so yeah makes total sense yeah and again it gives it an added dimension that superman you know can actually be hurt by this so yeah i like all that and it's great i love the metal that it crunches under the, the weight of Superman hitting it. It's again, it's a great, yeah. wonderful effect. And so, as Chris pointed out, we get the very next scene of Louine, uh, who Louine Willoughby, uh, who, who uh, says the big one's just as strong as Superman. And Lois has the proper reaction, which is to push Louine 
out of the frame and essentially out of the film at that point. We don't see her right. again because she's yeah. a, she's offended by that, which I think is great. Yeah. So then we get this shot back to Christopher Reeve, uh, Christopher Reeve, of course, excuse me, Superman of him kind of right. you know wake shaking off the thing, and then he gets mad. He gets Superman mad face, which I love. Yeah. I love. He grits his teeth and he flies across the screen, and poor Lois is watching it. And then he he slows down and then he kicks Non kind of right in the face. Uh, which sends Nan hurtling, and then we get a shot of uh, the various people in Metropolis watching all this. And then finally, the two of the three villains get some brain power together and figure, let's team up on him. Maybe we can do, yeah. we don't, why take him on one at a time? So Nan right. grabs Superman, holds him back, and then uh, Ursa decides to grab a flagpole. I'm not exactly sure what she thinks this is going to do. Really? Uh, I, I, other than just, I guess, hit him in the face with it or something. And so she gets close, and then Superman uses his, uh, you know, keen intellect, and he ducks out of the way, which causes Ursa to hit Nan out of the sky, which which uh, sp- inspires one of the uh, slack-jawed members of the uh, Metropolis citizenry to say, wow, home run. Uh, yeah, which is yeah, it yeah. definitely feels like something that was added uh, thanks to Sir Richard Lester, I would say. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a few thoughts on that whole sequence that you just described there. First, the kick into the face is one of those scenes that you definitely see the seams. Unfortunately, yeah. with modern eyes, they they tried so hard to make that work, but it is so clear that 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 Christopher Reeve is awkwardly placed on the wires there. And, and the kick itself really doesn't have much oomph behind no. it, but, but you roll with it. Then, of, you know, then, you know, they, you know, the, the part that you said with the flagpole, I just got the sense that she figures anything that she would be able to hit him strongly enough with would hurt him. So that's, that's what I, what I thought about with the flagpole, because I thought the same thing last night when I rewatched the scene, I thought, well, wouldn't it, wouldn't she assume it would just break? But maybe she just figures if she hits him hard enough, it would actually do some damage. And again, it kind of goes to that sliding scale of powers and vulnerability that you see throughout this entire scene to begin with. And yes, I also thought that the home run line was completely unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it, at least I gotta say, none of these lines in this movie, none of Lester's lines are as bad as the scene in Batman Forever when he comes to the skylight and that one guy goes, Ah, Batman! Yeah, I just, <laughs> every every time I'm just like, Oh, that's oh my god, you just under, undermined the coolest, the one cool thing Batman always does, you know? It's like, Oh. <laughs> That's great. Somewhere, character actor Joe Grafasi is sitting there saying, I tried to do my best. I'm sorry, Chris. I don't know. I just, I just did what Schumacher told me to do. I don't know. I just, so, you know, we. I guess we're going to have to disinvite him from the next episode of Superman Movie Minute. Sorry about that. So um, I, I tried my best to find out what actor says the line, wow, home run. And unfortunately, right. in IMDb, there are several people credited as man in street. One is named a guy named Charlie Gray, who has a bunch of TV credits. And then another guy is a man named Peter Diamond. And I really hope it's Peter Diamond, simply right. by the fact that Peter Diamond also played a stormtrooper and a Tuscan Raider in Star Wars. Uh, I, just, I, I hope so, too. Just yeah. by, based on that alone, I hope that's right. Yeah. I would love it <laughs> if the guy that sells, wow, home run, is the same guy that hecked up that gaffy stick and went like, rrr, 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 like I want it to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you know, that's a side note. That is one of my 
absolute favorite moments in what I still call Star Wars. That scene is fantastic. It was such a shock when I saw that when I was 10 years old. I love that scene. It's a jump scare in Star Wars. It's great. It is. Fantastic. So Non hits the Empire State Building, and the spire falls off and starts heading towards... Uh, the street, and instead of people running away, a bunch of people just stand there and sort of watch it fall, which is right. kind of uh, confounding. Uh, and yeah. then there's a woman who is walking her baby, and you know, I guess if you want to be uncharitable, you could say, Is she just stupid? But then you might say, Well, she's maybe paralyzed with fear, and that's right. what that's... caused her to, to, to not be able to move. Um, she has enough. She has enough wherewithal to say "my baby" uh, and sort of scream and, and cover the infant with her own body, which is kind of a nice moment. And then, right at the very end, Superman, of course, grabs the spire before it hits her and takes off. And they even have the moment that Superman's such a Boy Scout where she 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 waves at him, and then we get the shot of Christopher Reeve in the. I keep saying Christopher Reeve, Superman, while he's in the battle of his life, he still takes the time to turn back and give a little wink and a nod to the woman whose life he just saved. It's such that. a great moment. Yeah. I yeah. love that when he does that because exactly that's exactly right. That's he's still even in all in the middle of all of this, he's still Superman. He's still such a good guy and he's still unfailingly polite. I mean it's just yes. and he's and he's just, I love that moment because it's 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 just a couple of seconds, but it says it speaks volumes about this character and this portrayal of this character. And it doesn't come off as corny. It comes off as genuine. But that was also Christopher Reeve's gift as Superman is that he never did it. I've always said that, that the greatest thing that Christopher Reeve ever did as Superman is that when he walked on screen, he did not look stupid. At no point does he ever look dumb in that costume. To me, that's why these movies work. He looks like Superman. So when he brings that character or that characterization forward, he always made it work. And it's, it's, I think, really only in the decades since do people really appreciate his performance and, and really what he brought to the role and that it was not a case of him just walking through it or sleepwalking through being Superman or whatever. He played the role and his, his, the look that he gives her is so genuine and he's so pleased that he was able to do that. I love that. I think that's great. I'm with you though. I always thought it was weird that she just kind of stands there and waits for the thing to fall on her. Yeah. Um, but I always, I always kind of wrote it off as, as yeah, she's paralyzed with fear. But a funny note about this is that I, I, I bought the soundtrack to the album, and you know, on vinyl when it came out when I was a kid. You know, after seeing the movie, and I just wanted to listen to it over and over and over again. And I did. And the track where this, where that scene happens, is called "Superman Saves Spire," and I didn't know what a spire was. So I, I thought it meant something about having him to, like, save face or save – Superman saves face. Superman saves his pride. And I thought to myself, I don't really understand what that means. And it was only later that I realized, oh, Spire, that's the big antenna on top of the Metropolis State Building. Oh, I mean, there you go. Maybe her name was Spire, too. It could be that, too. There you go. Yes, <laughs> her name was Talia Spire. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. There you go. I love that. They're right when the spires fall. I don't know if you guys noticed. I didn't notice this before, I don't think. But, there is, you know, people aren't running away as they should. Some are. Yeah. But there's one car that decides to put its convertible top up as the spires falling. And you actually hear audio with somebody saying, get the top up. Like 
that's going to stop the spire right. of the Empire State Building from crushing the car. Yeah, no, just, that's that's got to be Richard Lester. It has that's, to be. That's another Lesterism. It yeah. has to be. Yeah. <laughs> Humans are just so stupid. They really are. Uh, and in fact, uh, Non comes to that very conclusion in the next scene where him and Ursa discuss about how where he says this Superman is nothing of the kind. Uh, and he says uh, he, his weakness is he cares for these humans. And then, of course, Ursa says like pets and uh, and Terrence Stamp just dripping with contempt just says i suppose so and it's just it's 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 fun to watch these two talk when they figure when there's no one else around to hear them just how they speak to one another like this is the most unguarded we got to get because non's not around it's just it's them kind of conferring and you know they're just like oh yeah i guess uh superman just cares for these people like uh like they're a bunch of dumb animals oh isn't that isn't that amazing so then superman then drops the spire on non and Ursa says he's caged non, which just confounds me. I don't understand it. Right. Just pick it up, right. non. If you can, you know, right. you can just get off your ass, buddy. Come on. Right. Right. Well, that's the part where I was saying that it's like the sliding scale of abilities here, because if, not even for half a second should non be be caged by Superman that way. It just it shouldn't work. But again, they they have to play with. You know, they still have to give the the scene. Danger. They have to give it stakes. They have to give it ups and downs. Superman has to have his victories. They have to have their victories. The balance of the fight has to shift back and forth. And so in so doing, they have to do certain things, like in the same way that you're like, well, what's the point of the of the flagpole? It's like the same thing. What's the point of, of him putting the, the antenna on non? It's, it's a visual. It's a way of just trying to keep the fight going. But really, when you think too hard about it, it really doesn't make any sense. But you just kind of roll with it. Yeah. And as a, as a kid, there was a part of me that, you know, I always like to think, okay, what power is Superman going to use next? And I was like, okay, he's going to heat vision, heat vision the, the spire back down on top of him, and that'll hold him for at least a few minutes. You know, no, he doesn't do that. He just sits it on him. And so, I mean, really, if you think about it, what's not, what's, what happens when Nan gets loose? Does the spire fall again? Right. Right. <laughs> right. I hope that woman has moved from that spot or she's going to be hit a second time, which would just be really awful. Right. Oh, my God. And she's like, what baby? And Superman's like, oh, jeez, lady, Again? come on. You, oh, my God. The thing has wheels, lady. Come on. Uh, so so then uh, so uh, Zod decides to cause a little mayhem by start, and he uses his, his heat vision to start blowing random shit up on the streets of Metropolis, blowing cars up. And there's, you know, again, it's a sort of classic, classic disaster film sort of stuff where you have people in the background. There's one guy who's who's uh, gets out of his burning car and you see him kind of like kicking the fire. Uh, I yeah. don't exactly know what he's doing. I mean, unless there's he thinks he's going to put it out or whatever. But so you know, Zod is blowing stuff up, and then Superman jumps down and he interrupts the heat vision as it starts to hit the t- a uh, oil tanker truck. And we hear the truck driver say, "It's going to blow." And I could not find a credit for the truck driver either. I'm guessing that that's just a stunt guy who has had his line 80 yard later, which is why you probably can't find an acting credit. But there's this moment here where Superman grabs the, uh, the, the rear view mirror. And this is something that confounds me, not being uh, at all knowledgeable about how science works. As a kid, I thought this worked in that the glass would reflect the heat vision back on uh, Zod, which is, of course, what it does. It kind of crispy fries him for a moment. But would that really work? I mean, wouldn't the glass no. just melt? No. The glass it isn't would. magic. <laughs> it's, yeah. you know? 
Now it's again, it's another one of those cases again where they where they it, they needed it for the moment, and it makes for a great visual. That big explosion around Zod, and of course, then there's another a little bit of you know a little bit of Lesterism when because the only part behind him on the billboard that's left is this cutout. And I think it says "Cool It" or something like yep, that right yep. behind him. So it looks really really cool, but no, it it really should. I mean, you could certainly argue, well, it's his vision, and vision would be reflected back. But really, there are laser beams coming out of his eyes, and so it should cut the uh, the uh, uh, mirror right in half. But again, it's one of these things you just kind of have to roll with it, um, because that's how you keep the scene going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, they. I love the fact that they're in front of a, like a, a suntan, right. uh, sunscreen billboard mm-hmm. too. So that's a nice little little bit of uh, uh, fun irony there. But yeah, as a kid, I totally bought this. I mean, completely. But and it's it's that. It's that old school comic book science, you know. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> right. Yeah. I wonder how many dumb kids were like, "Oh, glass makes me invulnerable," you know. And it was like, <laughs> ran out in front of a car or like put it in a microwave. It's like, guys, this it's just it's just glass. It's it's not that big of a deal. They were able to cut it and turn it into a rear view mirror, so obviously it's not invulnerable. So and so, like Chris was talking about, we get a a moment where we get to see another Superman power. Where he uses his super breath to uh, to ice up the, uh, the the tanker and cool it up, and this is I right. This is the first time we're seeing that power in the movies, right? He hasn't done that to this point. Yeah. Now, when, when, yeah, when I watched the scene last night, I turned to my son. I said, "This is the first time we've seen super breath, isn't it?" And we're yeah. like, "Yeah, I think this is the first time we've ever seen that." So yeah, which is yeah. nice. It's cool. That, and again, that's a nod to the comics because it's not something. They, they really established in the movies, but I like the fact that we got to see it because it again it adds it adds another dimension. Right. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of my favorite Superman stunts in these films because just and it's another thing where Christopher Reeve totally sells it. Yes, because he does this. I don't know even how he does it, but that thing he sucks in at the end, and it's like all the muscles in his neck like contract, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it just it, it looks fantastic. It really looks like he's had thousands of pounds of pressure coming from out of his mouth, you know, and then he sucks it back in at the end. It, it, I, I don't, that's just him. That's just yeah. him doing that. And, it's and the way that. he's standing there with, I think his hands are on his hips. I mean, it's like yeah. a classic Superman pose. Yeah. It's, it's great. I love it. I love, I love super breath anyway, but I really, this really pulled it off. I always thought that was a, it was a cool power. So yes. <laughs> and I imagine no matter how much Juilliard acting training he might've had, he was never prepared for a scene where it's like, okay, you're going to, you're going to emit a super cold breath out of your mouth. So, you know, do that, Chris. What's, what's that look yeah. like? How the hell do I know? Right. Right. To be or not to be. Yeah. 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 He can't, he yeah. can't go ask uh, Catherine Hepburn how to do that. She has no idea. Right. You know what I mean? So he's, he's, flying, he's flying blind here. So uh, Christopher right. Reeves on set and he's like, oh, I missed John Hausman's class that day. What am I going to do? Yeah. You know, right. <laughs> No, this is all this is all new stuff here. Uh, so, of course, we get a brief shot of the Metropolis citizenry looking pleased. One guy kind of like uh, nudges another guy like, hey, did you just see that? Which is kind of a nice little moment. And then Nan comes out of the sky and lands on top of Superman, on, like literally, literally on top of him, onto his shoulders, drives him into the ground. And it's where Superman and Non have this fight. And I am going to admit this. I'm very ashamed of this, that this did not occur to me until this moment. But, of course, over the next 
10 to 15 seconds, we hear the audio of Superman and Non beating the living crap out of each other as the ground shakes and uh, all the people are, things are knocked, people are, you see mannequins knocked over and people are getting bumped or whatever. But it did not occur to me till this moment that this whole fight was clearly a way to save money. That they could have a super fight without having to show it. Now, I will say, I think as a cinematic trick, it works because it's left to your imagination. Which, of course, when things are left to your imagination, it can be even more rewarding because you're imagining something way more exciting than what they could possibly visualize. But I do realize that it probably was done as a cost-making measure of, like, let's just have the whole fight off screen, and that way we don't have to show all the destruction going on. Well, the, it, that's like the great the great uh, secret sauce in the movie Jaws. Because right. of all yeah. of the problems that they had with the shark, they ended up showing the shark a whole lot less than they anticipated, and it made for a masterpiece. Yeah, and this is a this is a microcosm of that, and I think you're probably right. You're probably, you know, it didn't occur to me either that it was a cost saving measure, um, but they've probably you know it, it, it whether it was or it wasn't, it's really effective because you just imagine the two of them absolutely wailing on oh, each yeah. other, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just it's like it is a super blowout because it's not just Superman against one of the three; it's Non who is supposed to be the biggest and the strongest of all three of them. So this is the knockdown, dragout fight, and it's amazing how effective it is. The fact that it's off screen. I will say that maybe I, I do agree that it was probably done to save money, save time, but. It does set up the end of the fight in that yes, spectacular reveal. So, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, w- I will say, I mean, I one of the scenes that I love, and we talked about this when we when we when we did it in Superman the movie, is when Superman is under the ground and he starts repairing the San Andreas fault cracks, and we yeah, see him underground, right. and it's all in red. And it looks yeah, real, yeah. like I would imagine. I mean, I know, of course the fight wouldn't look like that in here because presumably they're in the sewer because you right. see the manholes blowing up. But boy, wouldn't that would have been amazing to see Superman and Nod in that all red kind of you know monochrome look, just beating the living shit out of each other. That would have been so oh, yeah. cool uh, to see. Yeah. But but you're right, yeah. Chris. It is ultimately worth the payoff, which is Superman obviously delivers one hell of a roundhouse and yeah. knocks Nod so hard. That he pops him through the ground, not just through the ground, into the sky and into a skyscraper, and not just into the skyscraper, but through a skyscraper yeah. into <laughs> presumably great. another skyscraper, which is, I mean, yeah, that is in absolute, in, in, like you were saying, Chris, it is worth the payoff for that moment. And then I like that they even kind of do a button on it that when Superman comes out of the ground, he's shaking his hand like, oh, God, that actually kind of hurt. I thought that's yeah. a great thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and in the the effect of Nan coming up from the street looks fantastic. I mean, yeah. I think that's one of the best looking effects and stunts in this whole in these for these first two movies. I mean, and him coming through the building. I mean, it really looks like uh, I'm sure it wasn't Jack O'Halloran, but it looks like a stuntman is literally being dragged through all this mm-hmm. stuff. And I think it is, and it just looks the the weight of everything. I'm sure this was all. Material that was, you know, obviously they weren't bringing him through like actual plaster and and, and concrete and everything else, but but it looks great. I mean, it's it's the the, the tie, the way the the the, the filming was done and everything. It, it just, I, I really marvel at that this time. and thought, man, that looks fantastic. I don't think they could do that any better today. I really don't. No, and it's the editing that really makes it work because when you follow the tracking of Zod's, uh, Zod, I'm sorry, Anon's uh, movement. 
and he follows basically the straight line. And the way he moves through the office, as you see him go through, and then it cuts to the outside. Mm -hmm. Basically, you see him go in, you see him through the building, you see him go out, and it just flows so well that you you buy it. You know, you buy exactly what they're selling there. And like you say, of, of the, you know, there are some wonky effects in this scene. This is not one of them. This one really, really works. You see, it just it it, it it's it shows the power of these characters, and it, it is really it's it's masterful direction and editing in that sequence. Yes, yeah, and I think in the other lesson from that scene is you know what people don't work late, just go yeah. home, go home at five o'clock. Right. You know, you, right. Your your employer doesn't care about you. There's no reason for you to be working that hey, late. So you know, Metrop- Metropolis is the city that never sleeps. Rob. Yeah, well, it's true. <laughs> Uh, so, and then, uh, so not only Superman just barely recovers from that, uh, Ursa gets to do her catchphrase again, uh, which yeah. is, uh, Superman. Superman, and that's where another incredibly imaginative use of a prop where she picks up a mantle, first of all, she kicks it up in the air, yes. which is great, like it's a frisbee, yep. yes. which is an incredibly yep. badass move with those, yep. uh, with those boots of hers. That's really channeling some fantasies I've had, but we don't have to talk about that now. So yeah. she lifts up the manhole cover, throws it at Superman like it's a Frisbee, and it hits him right in the gut so hard that it carries him off screen into a nearby car. And, I mean, you know, of course, I hate to see Superman get hurt, but, boy, that is one badass move on Ursa's part, I have to say. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you, you you do. I mean, you do get you do see the little bit of animation on the not to totally dissect it on the manhole cover, but it's still the movement of it is still so seamless. And the part of that that I actually appreciate, not just the fact that she kicks it, catches it, and flips it, which is such a like you say, such a badass move. It's the way that he lands into the um, uh, into the the, the, the windshield, the windshield yeah. of the of the car that the crack on the windshield actually i don't know how the hell they did this but how it follows his movement against the glass he doesn't just go through it and shatter through it he goes up against it and slides up it and the crack happens as he's sliding up the up the windshield i I don't know how they figured out how to do that but it's 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 note perfect it's such a great little also it's tiny but it's a great detail that really helps to sell the scene. It's it's really marvelous. It's just a great. It's, yeah, I, the only thing that kind of slightly pulls me out of it is I noticed this once, and I, now I can't unsee it. You can see that they've got Superman's cape pinned in just the right place mm-hmm. when he hits the windshield. <laughs> oh, I never noticed that. I'll have to look for that next time, or maybe I won't because I don't want that to be ruined for me. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I also noticed for the first time watching this that on the dashboard of the car, people have some KFC. Uh, oh, so obviously a little, a little bit of a product placement there. I mean, it's yeah. so this movie selling you uh, junk food and selling you cigarettes and things like that. It's not a not, right. not the healthiest a bunch of choices here in the metropolis uh, citizenry going on here. But anyway, that's and that's where our five minutes ends. It right ends with just hearing the woman uh, complain that the, that the car is damaged and she's going to have to pay for it, which really does suggest that maybe this will be the beginning of having superhero insurance because you're going right. to have to have that in right. this universe. This is. This is this is well, something that might just happen in a, in your daily life as being a, a citizen of Metropolis, right? Now, doesn't she actually say, "Are you going to pay for that?" Does she? I thought she asked if Superman is going to pay for it. I yeah, I think says, so. Yeah. Oh, really? Says, Are you oh. going to pay for that? 
Oh, yeah. I didn't even. I just hear. I always I heard him just so. say. I just heard like garbled pay for it. That's yeah. all that I heard. So okay, all right. Well then, so I said she's not keeping her mind on really what's going on here, and that's that's no. basically the end of the five minutes. So I mean, this yeah. was five solid minutes of rock'em sock'em action. And uh, as I said to uh, to Mike and to Chris in the previous episode, you know, I saw this movie. I remember seeing it in the theater, and this whole sequence, everything from where Superman flies up and then through all of this, I mean, this was just crack. Delivered yeah. to eight-year-olds. Yeah. I mean, this is just yeah. everything you wanted and you never saw in a, in any sort of movie before. And it really does. It, yes, it's a little pokey. It's a little. You can see some of the seams, as as Dan points out. But nevertheless, it just holds up so well. And you really do get the sense that this is taking a lot out of Superman. So it's a, it's a really great sequence. And then you, you just kind of like depreciate it that much more, knowing that this was really held together with sort of spit and bailing wire, basically. Yeah. 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 My, my son made a really good point last night. We were watching the clip. He turns to me and he says, you know what really makes this scene work, besides, you know, the obvious? I said, what's that? He says, the fact that they did it at night. Yeah. He says, mm-hmm. it adds a whole new level, and he's right, a whole new level of drama and intrigue and almost danger by the fact that it's at nighttime as opposed to during the daytime. It makes it less sunny. It makes it more sinister. It gives it an edge. It makes it more shadowy. And you don't think of Superman in that way, and especially in the first movie. I mean, he had his first night, but of course all of his super, his big super heroics at the end are all bright daylight in, in sunny California. Here, this big battle happens at night in the middle of a city, so the stakes are are... You know, it's not. It may not be millions of lives at stake in the same way that it was in the first, but it's more immediate. It's more intense. It's more personal, and therefore, it feels a lot more dangerous. Absolutely, and yeah. I mean, I'm sure it helped with, just with the visual effects of being able to paint out the wires, probably a little oh, easier. Yeah. But yeah, it also works visually. Yeah, it, it's yeah. a much more compelling looking sequence with all the, the the lit buildings and all the neon and stuff like that. And you just wouldn't have that in the bright daylight. So yeah, it really, right. it really still worked. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, well, that is going to do it for this episode of Superman 2 Movie Minute. Dan, thank you so much for coming back to the show. We really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. I've been waiting to do this. I, I, I'm, I'm glad I got a chance to do it. And uh, What a great movie. Love we'll, it. We'll have you back for yes. Superman 3, maybe, if you're up for it. Uh, so, uh, but uh, in the, uh, I've, I've been feeling Don't, Do I have to commit now? Yeah. <laughs> We'll get you a good scene, okay? <laughs> do, do you want the junk? Do you want part of the junkyard fight? You can have part of the yeah. Junkyard. There you go. There you go. That's it. There you go. The, the, get, get, get me on the shirt rip. Get me on the shirt rip, and then oh, I'll okay. <laughs> I have a feeling the uh, the junkyard fight and all the scenes with the Neto tool are going to go fast, and then we're right. just, yeah. Chris and I will just be faced with the rest of the movie at that right. point. Hell, look, yeah, I, somebody I, I went on the this, uh, giant will, foam cowboy scene, or you know, <laughs> right. I will tell you this: I would be happy to do Superman four because I actually think Superman four is more watchable than Superman. 3. Oh, oh. <laughs> I just said it. I said it, and I meant it. Hey, Chris. Um, Chris. Yeah. We have to re-record this entire episode now because I'm going right, to. Right. I, I'm taking Dan out of it. We're going to. We can't air this one. I, no. I, I think. I think Superman Four movie yeah. minutes going to be Dan and Michael Bailey. I think. I think so. <laughs> Chris, you and I will. You and I will take those months off, and we can let we can let Mike and Dan just be wrong for a hundred for eighty-seven episodes or whatever it is they want to do. This is, Oh my God! This is... <laughs> bring me Nuclear Man. Bring me, bring me Mark Pillow. Bring him on. 
Oh, oh, okay. Sit, smother me with a Mark pillow. So, all right. So, uh, Dan, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Why don't you can tell people where they can find you and your other wrong opinions on the internet? <laughs> well, you can find them at Thirteenth Dimension, the website that both of you fine gentlemen contribute uh, to on occasion. Um, we, uh, you can follow us on the Twitter and on the Facebook and. Check us out because uh, pretty much posting, uh, you know, we post something every day at least, usually uh, maybe two or three stories a day, uh, sometimes one, depending on how much energy I've got. But if you uh, if you like the kind of stuff we're talking about here, then uh, the chances are pretty high you're going to find stuff that you like at the website. Absolutely. I'm a very proud contributor of that site, although maybe a little less proud than I was five minutes ago. So uh, that's going to do it for Superman 2 Movie Minute. Of course, if you want to find back episodes of the show, go to the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. We are always talking Superman, all the Superman movies, not so much Superman 4, over on Twitter, which is at Superman Move Min. And, of course, finally, we have to mention that uh, the Fire and Water Podcast work has a Patreon. You can can, uh, help support the network over at patreon.com slash fwpodcast. You can make a one-time or even better yet monthly donation. And by doing so, you unlock different rewards. And one of the rewards that you can get is to be name-checked on a Fire and Water Podcast network show of your choice. So we have to give a big shout-out to David Gallagher and Henry Bernstein for their support of Superman Movie Minute and the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Thanks very much, guys. So uh, that is, yeah, thank you. So that's going to do it. So uh, come back next week as the adventure continues with Superman 2 Movie Minute. Bye. Bye. Good afternoon, Mr. President. Sorry I've been away so long. I won't let you down again. Thank you.